Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning, everybody. This is the Cape League Roundup podcast. I'm Chris Lynch, and we've got a good collection of games to go through from yesterday, and we are coming down the stretch. We are entering the last full week of the regular season. Of course, the first week of August, we'll see the last collection of regular season games. There will be a day off on the 6th. Uh, on the 5th, excuse me, and then the 6th will begin the playoffs. Let's have some fun now, shall we? All right, so what came from the events of yesterday? Well, the East has tightened a bit more, and we start with a tied game between the Whitey Red Sox and the Brewster Whitecaps, which might be the death knell for the YD season. They are 11-11-7. and They scored all four of their runs in the sec in the in, they scored all four of their runs in the fourth inning and got all of their offense in one swift stroke. Tanner Lee uh, got the first run home on a fielder's choice. Zach Liu with a double to bring home two runs. And Cade Hunter finished off the strike with a double of his own. All of the runs came against Chris McIlvain from Vanderbilt, who went four innings, gave up six hits, four runs, didn't walk anybody and struck out six. It was really just the one bad inning that he had. So that's kind of unfortunate for him. But uh, but yeah, and that at the time put them up 4-2. to two. Roosters scored their runs one at a time. Uh, they got their first run in the bottom half of the second inning. Tyler Dellerman, who's from the University of Charleston, which is different from the College of Charleston. The U of Charleston is in West Virginia. The College is in uh, South Carolina. So... Um, Dellerman with an RBI base hit to bring home the run in the second inning. Chris Lanzilli uh, with a... Uh, actually, he was at the plate. Alex Freeland came home and scored on a passed ball to make it 2-0 at the time. And then in the bottom half of the fourth, the Whitecaps got one more run across Alex Freeland. Reached on an error by the second baseman, and Chad Castillo came in and scored. There was one more run that crossed in the sixth inning. Trey Faltini with an RBI base hit, and Chad Castillo from California Baptist scored his second run of the game. So a good performance by him. And the pitching for the Whitecaps picked up afterwards. Connor Stain and Hunter Owen worked their way out of a couple of jams, and... A bases loaded jam, runners on second and third jam. They got out of some real sticky situations. The Whitey Red Sox used four different pitchers. Uh, Patrick Gallagher from UConn struggled early, but once he found his footing, he got himself through the mess. Two innings, one, uh, one earned run, two runs total, two hits. He walked four, he only struck out one. He had a weaker performance than he would be hoping for. And there were chances for both sides to win the game in the late innings. 
Also, this was called Early Due to Darkness, a two-hour, 45-minute game, which went eight innings. So that's what's going to happen when you're playing your games at 5 p.m. this, if you will, late in the summer, which the Whitecaps are going to start playing their games at 4 o'clock, starting with their next home game. And I think YD is going to do the same, and I believe Katuit is going to do the same. But as far as the standings are concerned, this doesn't help Brewster that much. It it avoids them putting a value in the loss column, which doesn't kill their winning percentage. It keeps it at the same at 661. They are still by tiny, tiny points in first place in the East. Harwich is just a little bit behind them. YD is hovering right at 11, 11, and 7, and they are on the outside looking, and they are five games back in the win column of Harwich, and it's looking more and more likely as though our two playoff teams from the East are going to be Brewster and Harwich. And we'll jump over to the Harwich side, actually. We'll skip past the Falmouth-Chatham game. We'll come back to that in a second. But while I'm on that point, uh, Harwich scored a huge victory over the Bourne Braves. 7-4 to four ends up being the score... At Duran Park, I think this is actually Bourne's first loss at home this season. And this comes with some, how do I put this, considerable uh, consternation on the part of the Bourne Braves. So in the fourth inning, Dylan Phillips hit a ball that was called originally a ground rule double and eventually after some discussions from the umpiring crew, was called as a grand slam home run. So it went from being two runs across to being four runs across for the Harwich Mariners. Bourne tweeted out photographic evidence of the ball bouncing in front of the fence before it actually went over and had the following tweet. Harwich gets a, quote, grand slam, close quote, that bounced on the warning track. Fix this, please, at official CCBL. Top four, hashtag bravos, zero, Mariners, in air quotes, four. That's the uh, official Twitter handle of the Born Brave saying that the score was wildly incorrect. So, um, yeah, that's pretty good evidence that the ball hit by Dylan Phillips was not a home run, but was in fact a ground rule double, but it was ruled as a grand slam and put the Harwich Mariners up four to nothing at the time. And there's a lot of born people who are incredibly, incredibly not happy about this. I can't say I blame them, really. That's, um... Yeah, yeah, I got nothing against that. Uh, Josh Moylan from East Carolina hit a home run for Bourne to get them some runs back in the fifth or get them a run back. And a little bit later on, Dalton rushing at the plate. Um, Peter Burns came home and scored on his fielder's choice that he grounded into to wrap up the fifth. So that made it a 4-2 to game. And then in the seventh inning, the... 
Mariners got three more runs. Press Kavanaugh on a double to bring home Zach Preisner. And Brock Wilkin with a two-run home run. No doubt about this one. There's no calling this one a ground rule double instead. Uh, that ended up being the difference maker. Bourne got two runs in the bottom half of the eighth inning on a Tanner Schobel home run to put them within striking distance, but they couldn't climb the last little bit they needed to get over. Eric Razelman from Louisiana State started this game. Uh, this is this was his third start and fourth appearance overall. He's gotten 29 strikeouts with 18 and two-thirds innings under his belt, 14 hits and five walks in his time out here on Cape. He's been excellent through the duration of his summer. He got the win again today. Six innings, two runs, both earned one walk, seven Ks. Harwich has done a great job of getting guys who don't have big innings restrictions and have been riding their guys. It's been really remarkable performance. The save ends up going to Owen Cody from the University of Pennsylvania. His fourth of the summer, 11 and a third innings, 19 Ks, three walks, and three hits. The, the team whip for the Harwich Mariners has got to be something insane. And they get a very important win. Jordan Patty, the starter for Bourne, ends up getting the loss. Four runs, though, of course, the Braves fans are going to, and staff are going to quibble about that. Uh, four runs all earned, four hits, three walks, five Ks. He ends up getting the loss. And Bourne falls all the way to 21-4-3. I wouldn't worry too much. Bourne is still going to be the number one seed in the West and still going to be championship favorites. Meanwhile, Harwich, 16-8-4. They have won their last four games consecutively. They are 7-1-2 in their last 10 games. And this sets up the game of the day. 6.30 p.m., at Harwich, it's the Mariners versus the Brewster Whitecaps. First place in the East in Brewster, second place in the East in Harwich. This game is going to go a long ways to determining how the standings work themselves out. Brewster is going to put Bryce Hubbard on the mound for what very possibly is going to be his last start of the summer. As of yet, he has thrown 25 innings with 41 strikeouts has walked seven and given up 11 hits in those times. He hasn't given up an earned run since June 21st. He has been nothing short of utterly remarkable in his time out here on Cape Cod, and he has stated his goal is to get 50 strikeouts, so he's hoping to hang a nine-piece. Andrew Mossiello from Oregon is going to take the mound for the Harwich Mariners. 2.59 is his ERA in four starts, 21 Ks, nine walks, 12 hits, and 17 in the third innings. We're going to get a great game. Uh, I think we're going to get a well-pitched, very exciting game between these two teams. There is a regional rivalry and a long-term team rivalry between these two teams. Harwich actually was the team that eliminated Brewster from the playoffs in both the 16 season and the 19 season. So... Um, there certainly is a long-term, long-term beef between these two franchises. So that's that's the game of the night. That's that's the game that uh, if you're picking one as far as what might have the biggest impact on the rest of the standings, that is gonna 
probably be the biggest one for just affecting playoff matchups. And uh, let's jump to another that affects playoff matchups as we're coming down the stretch here. The Falmouth Commodores score a big walk-off exciting victory over the Chatham Anglers 5-4 and the Commodores are trending in exactly the right direction. They have won their last four games consecutively. They're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, but they are figuring it out. They have a overall record of 12, 13, and 2. They're trending in the right direction. They're getting back up to 500, and they're in second place in the West right now. Uh, their starter, Mason Pelio, didn't have a great performance. Four innings, three runs, six hits, three Ks, and a walk. It's not a great performance, but he muscled his way through it and got himself through the fourth inning, and the offense gave him a chance, gave the team a chance to climb back in. Falmouth started the scoring. Taylor Smith with a double to bring home Casey Harford to get things going in the right direction. Chatham got the offense going in the third inning. Matthew Hogan with a two-run home run to bring home Danny Soretti to get their offense going. Falmouth tied the game up in the bottom half of the third inning, actually an unearned run. Jace Borfin scoring on an Anthony Hall double. Borfin got on on a throwing error by the shortstop, so that ties it up at three apiece. Chatham got one run in the top half of the fourth. Max Romero Jr. with a single to bring home Danny Soretti. Falmouth answers in the bottom half. Actually, pardon me. I skipped ahead. That run came across in the fifth. The fourth inning scoring was as follows. Lyle Miller-Green at the plate. He doubles to bring home Jake DeLeo. And then two runs cross for Falmouth in the bottom half of the inning. Jace Borfin with an RBI triple to bring home Cody Colden. And Chris Armstrong with a double to bring home Jace Borfin. One run across in the fifth. That tied it up at four apiece. The sixth, seventh, and eighth innings were scoreless. The excellent pitching performances of Jackson Phipps from South Carolina. Columbia, yeah, that, that just means South Carolina. And Bryce Osmond did the job to keep that game scoreless for a while. Uh, the final win ends up going to Lucas Gordon, who pitched the last two innings. He's from Texas, and he threw two innings with just a hit, a walk, and six strikeouts, which is amazing. He, all the outs he got were on Ks. And the loss ends up going to David Falco from Maryland because he gave up a run in the ninth inning, a walk-off home run by Chris Armstrong, who ended up getting two hits, scored a run, drove in two, including a home run on the day. The Florida player with his sixth home run of the season. A remarkable offensive performance. That puts him all alone at second in the league for home runs. Hit Owen Diodati from Wareham is the only player ahead of him. Diodati with seven home runs and 22 runs batted in. By the way, Christian Napsik is your current leader for batting average. So, you know, that's going pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the exciting type of game that we have. And this is... Uh, Falmouth is trending in exactly the right direction. Chatham ends up dropping to 10-17-3, and, and they are well on the outside looking in down in last place. 
in the East and four games back in the loss column of Orleans for fourth, which you, know, you have to be in second place this year in order to try and make the playoffs at least. So Falmouth trending in the right direction. Also trending in the right direction, but really too far back to make a lot of noise. Hyannis had uh, an, another offensive game. 12-7, to they actually get the victory at Orleans tonight. And this was a case of they finally got some pitching. Cooper McKeon from Brigham Young pitched the last five innings of this game, gave up three hits, two runs both earned. He walked two, he struck out seven, and limited the Firebirds' offensive potential. And Andrew Cer- Adrian Ceravo from Weatherford College had his first really weak performance. Five runs, four earned, seven hits, two walks, five Ks in four innings. This was a case of he just had to try and weather the storm and get through it as best as he could. The second baseman from Florida State, Ryan Romano, hit a home run in this game, his first of the summer as the kind of headliner play. And also he drove in a grand total of four runs, that that actually being on his grand slam which came across in the sixth inning, which powered it to a seven-run inning, which made the biggest difference in the game. This was the case of Hyannis got one giant offensive inning, and starter for the Firebirds, Orion Kirkaring, didn't have it in his uh, in his arsenal that night. Three and two-thirds, five runs, only one of them earned, so his defense really didn't do him a lot of favors. Six hits, four walks, and five Ks. Eh, it's not a great performance. It's not really a great day. The Orleans Firebirds are fourth in the East, and they well on the outside looking. And I don't think anyone's actually been formally eliminated from playoff consideration yet, but they are starting to run out of time in their opportunities to try and climb in. Hyannis is 6-22-0. and oh. They've won. They've gone four and six in their last ten. Which, considering they had a point of losing twelve straight games, I think they're certainly going to be happy to take that. And one final game, a one-to-one tie between the Cotuit Cavaliers and the Wareham Gatemen. A uh, pitching uh, one run crossed for both sides. The runs came across one in the third for the Wareham. Gateman, a sacrificed fly by Tommy Troy to bring home Devereaux Harrison. I, I love that name, Devereaux Harrison. And one run coming across in the seventh inning for Cotuit. A home run by Luke Gold out of BC. So, uh, yeah, Cotuit 12-15-1 after this is their first tie. So actually now Hyannis is the only team without a tie on their ledger. Wareham 10, 14, and 5 on the overall standings. Ketuit is just a little bit behind the Falmouth Commodores for second place. Wareham is a bit further back, so it's a little more tightly bunched in the middle of the West. But it would be quite a bit of work for Wareham to get out of there. It would be slightly less for Ketuit, but it would still require a tremendous amount of work to get out of there. Here are the full list of games. I already talked about what I think is the game of the day between Brewster and Harwich. That is going to go a long ways to determining how the playoffs end up working out. And Brewster 
trying to maximize what they have in Hubbard. Masiello trying to get his team to first place in the standings. Meanwhile, at Red Wilson, YD is going to be hosting Wareham. I don't have a probable for the Gatemen. Luis Ramirez is the probable for YD. Uh, meanwhile, at McKeon, Cotuit is scheduled to play against Hyannis at 6 p.m. I don't have probables for either side. Chatham is playing host to Falmouth, one of the longer drives for the Falmouth Commodores. And they're going to put Tyler Tuthill from Appalachian State on the hill. Falmouth has been trending in the right direction, and they're hoping to keep that run going. And Bourne is at Orleans. Jake Bennett is the starter for the Bourne Braves from Oklahoma. Actually, he's started four games so far this summer. He hasn't gotten a win. He's only pitched in two ties. Actually, I should say he's pitched in two of his team's three ties this summer, which is a strange phenomenon. He's pitched in three wins. He hasn't pitched in a loss yet for the Braves. It's just kind of a weird way that that works itself out. And Nathan Florence from Hartford is the scheduled starter for the Orleans Firebirds. 207 is their ER is his ERA in four and a third innings pitched. This will be his first start. And we'll see how that works itself out. But a couple of good performances scheduled uh, for the game today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cape League Roundup Podcast. We hope you enjoyed, enjoyed it and learned something. I'm Chris Lynch. Hope you get outside and enjoy some sun and enjoy some baseball. <laughs>